welcome to the Cary Church Podcast. For more information regarding Cary Church, visit www.cary.asn.au. For anyone who's wondering what just happened, that was Leandra. I'm Dave, dressed as Leandra. Um, that was Leandra dressed as Dave. And uh, so Leandra is one of my volunteers and one of my protégés in kids' ministry who I've been doing leadership training with this year. And uh, that was a, a, probably a conversation that's actually happened. I'm going to take this off because I can't actually see. Just to prove that it really is me here. Oh, someone didn't like that. It was all pretend, I promise. See, Leandra often calls me out on uh, throwing her in the deep end, you know, because uh, I do that sometimes. Sometimes I do it on purpose because um, I want to challenge her, I want to teach her something, um, I want to grow her. And sometimes I do it because I've forgotten to do something and I need a reliable leader who can can step up and and fill a gap. And uh, I'm so grateful that I have an amazing team. I don't know where I would be without my team. Um, but if it was, yeah, if it was left to me, just me, we'd be in a lot of trouble. We have an incredible kids' ministry team here, and I'm super grateful for, for all of them and all of what they do. Um, there have been times, Landra and I have talked, and, and, and uh, other volunteers on my team as well, where uh, I've asked someone to do something, to have a crack at leading something, and uh, they do it, and then they come off the stage afterwards, and they're like, you know, I've never done that before, and... Uh, that was actually really terrifying. And I'm thinking, wow, they look like they've been doing it for years, but okay. Um, and so I think this little, little role swap, um, in a way, I think just making me dress as Leandra might be a little bit of payback for those moments of chucking her in the deep end. But it's also really relevant to what we're talking about today. Because today's story that we just heard, it's all about trust and fear. And so before we get into uh, the message, let me just pray for us, for me, and, uh, and then we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, just being with us this morning. Thank you for this opportunity to speak to your people. I pray that you would speak through me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So as Natalie mentioned earlier, in the Splash Zone this year, we've been learning about the big story of the Bible. This overarching story of God and, and what He's done for us. And we started at the beginning of the year looking at and how God created everything. We looked at the first five books of the Bible, how God made everything. He created the world, everything in it, including us, including humans. And uh, the thing is that throughout the story, time and time again, we see these, these examples of people making dumb decisions because of fear. And even at the very beginning, we see Adam and Eve choose to trust the snake and, and choose sin because their trust in God wavered. The snake came in and started saying, yeah, but did God really say this? Is this, this isn't what, what God told you is true. That's not actually right. And they started to, they started to doubt. And so as a result, they, they made this silly decision. And so sin came into the world, and we've been talking about that, Splash Zone Kids, and what is the consequence of sin? Shout it out to me if you know it. Death, Harry, that's right. The sin, sin leads to death, death away from God, sep- being separated from God for, for eternity. Um, but God loved, God loved humans too much to leave it that way, so he made this big plan to fix things. He made this plan to fight for our eternity. And that's, that's why we're calling this theme as we're looking at God's kingdom 
This part one is the kingdom of Israel. We've been looking at the historical books in the Old Testament. And we, we, we called it eternal war, not because, partly because it sounds like infinity war, which was a bit of a vibe, but not because it's a war that goes for eternity, but because it's a war that's about our eternity. It's about God fighting for our eternity and fighting on our side. And even as God enacts this plan, um, the, the examples don't stop. So God, quick little recap. God starts this plan with somebody who trusts him, with a man who trusts him. What was that man's name? Shout out some answers to me. I know you guys know it. Who said it? Abraham. Yes, he knows. Good job. Was that Ethan? Yeah, good on you. Abraham, and he made Abraham three promises. What were those promises? Mm. What did he promise him? Yes, that he would have a lot of descendants, that he would have a large family. What else did he promise? Land. Yes, he promised that that family, that those descendants would get their own land. And there's one more promise. He promised them that through their family, there would be a blessing for the whole, yeah. You guys know, there would be a blessing for the whole world. Something very good was going to happen. And so we've, we've had a lot of fun talking through this story. Um, but even, even, you know, a little bit later when they actually, the first promise comes true, they become this huge family. There's so many of them that they're actually, they're enough to be called a whole nation now, called the Israelites. And God takes them to the land that he promised them. And yet they, their trust in him is not enough. And so they choose not to go in and they miss out. And thankfully, you know, God keeps his promises. So he, he says to their kids that when they're grown, they can have another chance to go in. And this time they, they do go into the promised land. And this, that's where we started this story. When they go into the promised land with their, with their new leader who came in after Moses. And what was their leader's name? I heard it. Joshua. Thank you, Scarlett. Joshua. And then we get story after story of the Israelites forgetting God, rejecting God, and disobeying God, and having to deal with the consequences. And so we get to today's story. Last week, we looked at the first three kings of Israel. In the splash zone, we looked at Saul and David and Solomon. And now Israel is, is split into two, into two kingdoms, and so we have two kings. We have this amazing situation where we have these two guys who have, in my opinion, a couple of the best names in the Bible, Jeroboam and Rehoboam. I think if my wife is having twins, we should name them Jeroboam and Rehoboam. We might have to talk about that after the service. Um, I think it's, it's kind of, I don't know, they're, they're funny names, but it's also kind of interesting that they're so similar because their stories are actually so similar. So to, both of them become kings. Rehoboam becomes king over the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, which then becomes a kingdom of Judah. And Jeroboam becomes king of the other ten tribes of Israel, which is then just called the kingdom of Israel. Both of them receive a promise from God, and both of them either forget or ignore that promise. So Rehoboam's promise, it, it actually came to his grandfather, David. God was so impressed with the way that David followed him that he, he made David this promise, and he said that, one of your descendants will always rule over God's people. Unfortunately, Solomon started to reject God, David's son, and, and, uh, and he began to worship idols. And, 
And he started to act like, as we talked about last week, his response to his sin was to kind of act like he was so rich and powerful that it didn't matter what he was doing. And he could kind of just do whatever he wanted. And we see that that sin affected Solomon's son as well. Because Rehoboam has the same kind of attitude, and we saw it played out in that little, in that little sketch, um, which is from 1 Kings chapter 12. That when the people came to Rehoboam with their, with their problem and saying, hey, we'll follow you forever if you just ease up on us. He wasn't interested. Yes, he asked for advice, but the way that he kind of does it is, and if you read the, the chapter, he's already made his decision. He asks his counselors, and as soon as they say, you know, if you, if you serve these people, they'll follow you, he's, nah. He's already decided what he wants to do. So he keeps asking until somebody tells him what he wants to hear because he has this attitude that he can do whatever he wants to do. And, and nothing in the way that he, that he behaves or the way that he responds to, to what happens um, tells us that he, he's interested in following God's, God's plan or God's promise. We didn't play out the next bit, but, but the consequence of when, when, the, when the Israelites say to Rehoboam, hey, we, we don't want to follow you, we're going to make Jeroboam our king, Rehoboam's response was to rally up his army and say, okay, we're going to go and destroy them. And thankfully, he doesn't because he listens to the message from God to not do that. But his response is completely opposite to the way that God wanted them to live. Rehoboam ignored God's promise, acted like he, like he didn't need it, like he could be this awesome king on his own. And the result was that he, he lost his, most of his kingdom to Jeroboam. Now, Jeroboam... He also got a promise from God, which we heard read out in, in, in the other play. Super, super cool, amazing promise, very clear. Obey my decrees and commands, and I will always be with you. I will establish an enduring dynasty for you, and I will give Israel to you. God says to him, if you obey me, if you just do what I say, I'll always be with you, and I'll give you this kingdom. I'll give you Israel. That's all he has to do, obey God, but he doesn't. He ignores the promise as well. So this is the Old Testament, this story. So it's before Jesus has come. So nowadays, you know, we can worship God wherever we are because Jesus has died and risen again. He's given us the Holy Spirit. But back then, there, the way that it was set up, there was the one temple in Jerusalem. And if they wanted to worship God, they had to go to that, to that temple. And the problem for Jeroboam is that that temple was in Jerusalem, which was Rehoboam's capital city. And Jeroboam started to worry. He started to panic and think, think well, if my Israelites go there to worship God, they might, they might want him to be their king and they might kill me. Even though he had had a promise from God saying, that won't happen. Just obey me and you'll, you'll be on the throne. He completely forgets that promise and his response is to try and come up with his own plan and he falls straight back into the same silly things that the Israelites had been doing the whole, for decades. His response is to create these alternate places of worship and get the Israelites worshipping idols just so that they're not going to Jerusalem. Out of fear, he makes this, this silly decision. So both of these kings, they received a promise from God. Both of them forgot that promise you know, Rehoboam, he forgot it because he thought he was too important to need God's promise. Jeroboam was too afraid to trust God's promise. 
And for those of us who, who follow Jesus, God has made a lot of promises to us as well. And we're not so different from these two kings because we forget these promises all the time. Maybe, maybe we forget the promises that God's given us out of our own fear. Maybe it's because of our own pride. There are, there are different things that steal these promises from us, but we see through the way that these kings respond that when we forget God's promises, we also forget his commands. You know, God had commanded Israelites to not kill each other, but when Rehoboam forgot God's promise to help him be king, he also forgot the command, and his response was, okay, let's, let's go kill the other guys. He had commanded the Israelites not to worship idols, but when Jeroboam forgot the promise God made him, he forgot the command as well. And they both led their people to be the complete opposite to what God had created them to be. When we forget God's promises, we tend to forget his commands as well. Or we ignore them, or at the very least, we just sort of soften them a little bit and say, well, maybe, maybe, it's not, maybe I'm not being held to this standard. Maybe I can get away with... I'll give you some examples. Hebrews 13, verse 5 to 6, gives us this promise. To those who follow Jesus, the promise is made that God will never leave us, he will never abandon us, and that he is our helper. And he sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper. But when we forget that, then this command that's given to us in the book of Matthew to not worry also gets forgotten. This is, this is my, my own one. This is, like, this is the most common one that I'm guilty of. Let me tell you. You know, the, the, the times when I, when I remember that God is with me and he's helping me and he's got my best interests at heart, it's easy to not worry. When I forget that promise, then I start stressing out. And I can be a bit of a stress head. I remember when I was in, when I was in high school, I was, like, my, my grades were important. I wanted to do well. You know, I wanted to do the best that I could do. And so I remember, like, working hard to, to get, you know, good grades. Um, but I was, I was also, it became so important to me, I started stressed out about it. I started to, it started to become this thing of, like, oh, yeah, but what if, what if I forget? What if it goes wrong? And, and I remember now, now my mom and dad are both teachers and they took my grades seriously as well. Um, but I remember as, before my year 12 mocks, my dad uh, said to me, hey, you need to, you've done the work, but you need to remember this. You need to remember that God is with you. You need to make sure that you remember it. You need to do whatever you have to do to remember it. Write it down on your notes page. And that's what I did. And when I was anchored to that promise, I remember showing up to these exams and everyone is stressing out and worrying about how it's going to go. And I remember just sitting there with peace in my heart because I knew that the creator of the universe was on my side and he had promised to help me and he wasn't going anywhere. You know, we can, we can sometimes soften that and go, oh yeah, but, but does God really care about this one situation? Maybe God has too much to worry about. Well, God doesn't have too much to worry about because God is over everything. God doesn't have anything to worry about. There's nothing that's so big that, that is actually, he's going to be like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Like, he's, he's on it. He's over it. He can handle it. We need to anchor ourselves to that promise that he has made to us. And when we do that, when we do that, he frees us from worry. He frees us from fear and we can just do what we need to do. 
Another couple of examples real quick. Matthew 6 and Philippians 4 give us this promise uh, that God will take care of all our needs, that he's our, that he's our provider. And when we forget the promise to be our provider, then we start trying to be our own provider. And uh, we forget the command that God has made to put him first over money. When you're, when you're sure of the promise that God's given you to meet your needs, now, not to give you everything you want, but to meet your needs, when you're sure of that promise, generosity comes really easily. When you forget that promise then money becomes your security instead of God. And the last one, I mean, there's, there's more, but last one that I'll, I'll go through today. In this scripture, 1 John 1 verse 9, promises us, promises followers of Jesus that when we sin, if we will confess our sins to God, if we'll tell him, hey, I've done this wrong and I'm sorry, uh, then he will always forgive us. It's a promise to always forgive us when we repent. If we forget that promise, then our, our, our mistakes will crush us with shame. Because we start subbing in the word sometimes for always and thinking, well, maybe God won't forgive me for this. Maybe, maybe I'm not good enough for God to forgive me for this. And and we've, we've, lost that. we've lost that promise. And now God has commanded us to, to talk to him, to pray and to worship him. And we forget that command. When I'm, when I'm crushed by shame, I'll often feel like I can't go into God's presence. Oh, like I shouldn't, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't worship God because of something that I'm feeling guilty about. When I remember the promise that God has made to always forgive me, then I can let that go, let him forgive me. And then I can do what I'm commanded to do and what I'm created to do, which is to worship God. We need to, we need to anchor ourselves to these promises because they empower us to do what we're called to do. Now, God's promises are not always easy to follow. Sometimes they can be, they can be downright scary. And that's why I, I did this little role swap with Leandra today. Um, because I was talking with her uh, the other a couple of weeks ago, and I asked her, why do, you, why do you say yes when I ask you to do things that are scary? When I ask you to lead something that you're not sure about, but you know, that's a bit intimidating, why do you agree to do it? And she said to me, it's because I trust that you wouldn't ask me if you didn't think I could do it. And I trust that God will help me to do what I need to do. And I was thinking about that. I'm thinking, uh, I'm really happy that that's, that that's, how it, that's the mindset. Because I, I don't ask my team to do anything that I don't think that they can do. Now, I, I love my guys. I love my volunteers. And I want to set them up for a win in everything. I'm never going to ask them to do something that I think is setting them up for failure. And God loves us so much more. God loves us so much more than I love my team. He never asks us to do anything that he is not prepared to empower us to do. But we have to remember his promises. We have to trust them. That's, that's what faith is. When we trust in God's promises, that's faith, and it opens the door to God's power 
in our lives. So this morning, I want to ask a couple of questions. I want you to think, I've talked about a few of these promises that God has made, and, and the Bible is full of, of more of them. Um, I just want to ask you this morning, have you forgotten Have you forgotten the promises that God has made to you? Have you allowed fear or, or pride to, to maybe take that away or, or soften or shrink down the promise that God has made to you or to steal away your trust in His power or His goodness? Because if that is you, and if you would like to just realign your heart with the promise that God has for you this morning, I'd love to give you that opportunity. Church, I'm just going to ask that we all close our eyes and, uh, and bow our heads. And if you're not comfortable closing your eyes, I just ask that you look down so that we can have a, everyone can have a personal moment with God if they would like to. And if it's you that I'm talking about, if you follow Jesus, but, but you feel like you've forgotten His promises to you, and you want to realign your heart with them today. I'd love to pray for you right now. And I'm just going to ask that you would pop up your hand so that I know who I'm praying for. If that's you, just, just raise your hand real quick just now. Fantastic. You can put your hands down and I'll pray. Thank you, Lord God, for the promises that you have made us. We thank you, Lord, for your incredible love. Lord God, I lift up everyone who has just raised their hand in response to this, to this question. Lord, I thank you for, for their courage, and I thank you that, uh, for the decision to, to realign and, and be uh, refreshed on the promises that you have. Lord, I pray that, that now and today and this week, Lord, through, uh, through your word, through friends and family, Lord, through any means that Will you have every means at your disposal? Lord, through everything, I pray that you would just continue to bring forth these promises. Remind these people who have raised their hands today of the promises that you have for them. I pray that you would affirm those promises in their heart, and I pray that as you grow their faith, you would continue more and more to empower them to live the life that you created them to live. Lord, I pray that you would unlock your power in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, finally, I've been, I've been talking a lot about the promises and commands that, um, that are given to those who follow Jesus. Uh, but if you don't follow Jesus, then all these commands, you know, do not, do not worry and, and put God first. And if you don't follow Jesus, and you don't have to do that. That's, uh, the, those commands don't apply to you. But... Um, but neither do those promises. Um, but there are, there are promises in the Bible that do apply, that apply to everybody. One of, my, one of my favorite verses is Romans 10, 13, which says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is a promise that is made to everyone in the world. That, um, that if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, if you believe he did that for you, and you choose to call on his name, to, to follow him, invite you, him into your life, to call him your king, then the promise is that no matter who you are or what you've done, you will be saved. And then all these other promises we've talked about, they, they all apply to you as well. And perhaps this is the one promise this morning. Perhaps this is the one promise that uh, you've been held back from accepting. Maybe by fear, maybe by pride, I, I don't know. Um, but it doesn't matter what's held you back from it. I want to encourage you this morning to let that go. 
to accept this amazing promise, to invite the, the creator of the universe to be Lord of your life, to be your helper, to live with you each day, to call on the name of Jesus and begin relationship with him. Many of you have already done that, um, and some may, may not be ready, but uh, if you're wanting to make that decision this morning, I, I, I don't think it would be fair to not give that opportunity. Um, so once again, I'm just going to ask that we close our eyes and bow our heads. And if that's you, if you don't, you don't follow Jesus, but you want to make a decision to start following him this morning, then uh, I'd love to lead you in a prayer, and, uh, and we'll, we'll, all, we'll all pray that prayer together. Um, but if that's you, so I know who I'm praying for, would you show me by raising your hand now? Awesome, thank you. Let me just pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for, for all who have made a decision to follow you, for all of us who call you our King. Lord, I pray that you would continue to um, just continue to affirm your love and your promises in our hearts. Lord, as we seek you, as we follow you, as we believe in you, would you walk with us? Would you empower us to be all that we can be, all that you call us to be? Lord, we love you, we believe in you, that you died and you rose again for us. Lord, we call you our King. We call on your name and we thank you for the gift of salvation. Please help us to continue following you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thanks, church. We're going to... Um... Oh, hello. I told you you could do it. <laughs> Thanks. We're going to uh, continue worshiping. So I'm going to invite you to... Um, let's stand together. And, uh, and let's respond to... We'll move this. Let's just respond to what God has been saying to us this morning. Um, God loves us. This, this, one of these promises that has been made to everyone is that God loves, loves us more than anything, more than anything in his creation. And he is constantly wanting to draw us closer to him. In this time, um, if, God, if you've been feeling God speaking to you, I want to encourage you, this is the, this is the time to... Whether you're, whether you're old or whether you're little, this is a time to talk to God about what he's been saying to you. Let's give him our attention. Let's give him our worship. And uh, let's invite him to continue working on our hearts together.